Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Ultimate Coach Podcast, a companion to the transformative book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan D. Thompson. Each conversation is designed to be a powerful wake-up call, reminding us of what's possible for you and your life. So if you're on a journey to expand your state of being, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. I'm Ipek Williamson, and I am so excited about the guest I have with me today. He is an international transformation coach, naturopathic medical doctor, NLP master practitioner, and best-selling author. With a remarkable range of credentials, he guides world champion athletes, entrepreneurs, and leaders toward extraordinary lives filled with peace and fulfillment. A warm welcome to you, Dr. Jamil Sayedj. I would love to mention all your credentials, but it would take quite some time. So I will leave it to you to mention the ones you see fit throughout our conversation. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for the beautifully warm introduction and for having made such a dream come true, surreal, beautiful, you know, in many, many ways and excited to contribute to the community in any way that I can. And thank you for everyone who's tuning in. Mm, thank you so much. Uh, Jamil, when I took a peek at your website, I noticed a story you shared about yourself. You call it your hero's journey. First of all, would you please explain what is a hero's journey? And also, could you tell us yours? Absolutely. So I think that, you know, whether we call it a hero's journey or our story or whatever wording we use, each of us, we've gone through, you know, whatever that experience is from start to where we are right now. And we've learned a variety of lessons. And so when you think about the hero's journey, you know, Joseph Campbell, the mythologist, I'm pretty sure he's the one who coined the, the phrase, but it it's in all the movies, all the stories that we pretty much think of as a society as the greatest stories that we have. And so you think of like a clock, you have 12 p.m. You're the hero of your own story. You have 12 o'clock rather. You're the hero of your own story and you're home. You're in like a safe environment. You're in like your space. And then you have your call to adventure. And then this is where you step away from the familiar, from the comfortable, and you step into more of the unknown. What comes to mind is for anyone who's seen the Lord of the Rings movies, in the first movie, Sam and Frodo, some of the main characters, they're walking away from the Shire, which is this area they call home, and and they're going on their quest. And there's a point where Sam just stops walking, and Frodo turns around and goes, everything okay, Sam? And he says, if I take one more step, I will be the furthest I've ever been away from home. And it's like a moment that requires him to take a nice deep breath, take courage, and then take that step forward. And now it's like unknown. Who knows what's going to happen? And so along the way, around that two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, you meet comrades, colleagues. You think of your favorite movies, your favorite stories. The main character makes friends. <laughs> the, main char- the main character has people that enter into his or her life, and they help them along the way. And then you get down to around that six o'clock point, and now you face the darkness. You face the metaphorical dragon. You face whatever it is for you that was the big, that's the big challenge. 
And it's a challenge for a reason. It's not easy. Like you almost die in the process, but you you win. Well, and then you return back up this metaphorical clock and you return home. And there's that T.S. Eliot quote. I believe it's T.S. Eliot. It's we, we go out, we seek, we adventure, and then we return home as if for the first time. You return home with the new lessons, with the new teachings to share with the community, and then you await your next call to adventure to begin the process all over again. And so all of us in our own ways, we experience that multiple times in our life. And so I would be honored to share my version of that with you. And I ask, first of all, I think that it goes without saying, the nature of the podcast, The Ultimate Coach, the book itself, if everyone listens to this story as if it's about them, because it is, I believe it'll truly transform your life. I often tell my clients, imagine that future version of you and that version of you that you would love to be in the future. You would think that that's the version of me that has all the things that I would want. The future is created by the present moment. The present moment is always pregnant with the next moment. So if you want a better tomorrow, the only way to do that is you have to create a better now. And so right now, as you listen, your future self is on the line. Because if you get the gold, if you mine for the nuggets that are in this story for you, it'll shift the way you live your life. And as that shift occurs, you live going forward in a very different way. And that future you that you'd love to be has that possibility of moment by moment being birthed. And so my story in this sense of it begins when I was 19 years old. I was an undergraduate. I'm from New York and I went to a college in Fordham University in the Bronx. And I remember I was part of this pre-med group. And they had said to me, hey, you know, every year we have to fight to keep our funding. And we go to we go to Albany, which is the capital, and we bring a, a handful of students. You're one of the students. You've been getting benefit from the program. Would you mind going and sharing your experience? And I said, absolutely. I'd be happy to. And this was around a Tuesday. We were supposed to leave Friday morning and come back Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And around Tuesday, this gut feeling, this intuition started to speak to me. And it said, something's not right. Don't go and didn't know where that came from. And like most of us, when I get that kind of feeling, I ignored it. <laughs> and then Wednesday rolls around, same feeling, louder. Something's not right. Don't go. And I kept putting it off. And then Thursday rolled around. And now my intuition's yelling at me. Something's not right. Don't go. And I had no reason to not go except for this feeling. And I had felt out of integrity because I felt like I told them I was going to go. And you know I can't back out now. But by Thursday night, it felt so strong that I said, I have to be integrity with myself right now. I have to listen to this. And so I sent an email and I got out of the commitment. And then Friday rolls around regular day, Saturday rolls around regular day. And by Saturday night, I was thinking, I guess that was nothing. And I probably should have went. Sunday morning changed my whole life. And I woke up Sunday morning and five minutes after I woke up, my father had a brain aneurysm. And for anyone who's not familiar with what that is, think of the, a blood vessel in the brain, imagine it like a tube, and it starts to blow up on one of the sides like a balloon. And if you're fortunate, you have one of the worst headaches of your life. You go to the hospital, they take care of you, and hopefully you're okay and you can leave. My father wasn't as fortunate and his brain aneurysm ruptured. He had less than a 5% survival chance and he was behind a locked door and I broke the door to get him out. And if I wasn't home, he would have died. And so next thing you know, we're in the hospital. He's in a four-hour brain surgery. And I'm being told by these doctors and these nurses who mean well that they're trying to prepare me. And they're telling me, you know, very likely he's not going to make it. 
but I was trying to be strong for my mom, for my sister. I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, I was, I was in prayer. I was doing anything I knew how to do to help. And my dad survived and he was in a coma. And I was told when I walked into the room that he could pass at any moment. He was in this hypercritical state, like every second mattered. And they didn't know how long he had. And to give some context, I was 19. My father was 49. My, my dad was a family practice physician. And he was also one of the top Elvis impersonators in the world. Music <laughs> its his wow. biggest passion. He's, he's in the Elvis Presley Hall of Fame. He's traveled with Elvis's actual band and toured with them. Like He did all these massive charity shows, like beautiful soul. Everybody loved him. And there he was, so much life. That's what I'm getting at. And there he was in this hospital bed, and I'd never seen somebody that vulnerable. And I'm being told again, you die at any second. And in that experience, there was two primary, let's say, emotions that I was having. The first was this strong sense of helplessness. I didn't know the things that I do right now that we can get to in a little while, perhaps. And right now, in that moment, I thought, I can't do anything. <laughs> so I was just being told he was going to die, and I was kind of waiting for it. And then with that came the second feeling which was this profound sense of regret. I had this feeling that I took my relationship with my dad for granted, that I didn't know him the way that I could. At 19 years old and you know my teenage years, my priority, I loved my family, but my priorities were I was a track athlete, so sports, my friends, movies, video games, like that was what my childhood was like all around. And it wasn't, let me get to know my father man to man, soul to soul. Let me learn the lessons. Let me do, I didn't think that way at the time. And in that moment, it felt like I really blew it. Like I wasn't going to have that chance ever again because this is it right now. I messed up. And I was very fortunate that we had three years after that before he passed away. He was in a coma for several months and it was a very difficult experience. And I took several years off after college to be one of his primary caregivers. And in those three years, you know, I had my prayers answered. I got to spend 10 to 15 hours a day with them. We got to do everything together. He was never fully back to the way he was before, but we got him close. And in that time period, you know, we did physical therapy together. We both sang. We did music together. We, we just shared stories. We just connected. But I learned a lot of lessons in those three years. First, I experienced some of my darkest moments, mm -hmm. moments where he forgot who I was as a memory loss, moments where he's having five-minute seizures in my arms. And I didn't know if he was about to pass away. He almost died multiple times in those three years. And at one point, it finally hit me. Here I was consistently concerned with when am I going to get like my old dad back? Like when's he going to finally get so good that he's back to normal? And I recognized eventually that that was preventing me. I believe it's a Warner Earhart quote, that which you cannot be with won't let you be. And what I couldn't be with was that the way my dad was versus the way I thought he should be in my head. And so I was so present to how I thought he should be that I was missing this beautiful soul right in front of me as he was expressing. And it finally hit me and I realized, dad is here right now. He might not be here tomorrow. He might not even be here later on today. I'm going to truly be here with him and let go of any notions of how he's supposed to be and just love him fully for who he is. And then shortly after that expanded and I thought, well, that, that's true of my mom. And that's true of my sister. And that's true of everyone that I know and will ever meet. I, I often tell my clients a powerful question to presence them. What if this was the last time? No matter what it is that you're doing, what if this was the last time? How would you treat it? Probably differently than if you thought you had a thousand more to go. And so with that in mind, 
I started to live as presently as I could. I started to show up in a way that I never had before. My state of being had shifted. And I remember one of my cousins gave me one of the best compliments I'd ever gotten. I gave her a hug. And for anyone who knows me in person, I'm known for my hugs. <laughs> and when I hugged her, she told me, I love your hugs so much. Every time you hug me, I feel like you're never going to see me again. No. And that hit me in the heart. And I started getting emotional because I, I was going for that without putting the words to it like that. Because I don't know if I'll ever see you again. You know, you can have the greatest diet, exercise, whatever, but the drunk driver doesn't care when you're on that morning run. It's like we never know when our last moment's going to be. Yeah. I think it's a dollar. He said most people live every day as if it's most people. How does it go? Um, <laughs> I brought up the quote. And I forgot it. But basically, it's most people they don't they don't recognize that every day could be their last, and so they procrastinate. That's the paraphrased version. And so they procrastinate and eventually that last day comes and they're like, I'm not ready. And so in the three years, two of my cousins passed away. One was 20 and one was 21. Both were very sudden. And if you asked either guy when they were 18, tell me about your future, your life, your dreams, your goals. I promise you neither guy would say I'd be dead in less than three or four years. And yet here we are playing small and procrastinating. And so at the end of the three years, there was this deep presence and deep love for just people in life that I had. And my dad passed away. And I remember being at his wake. It was five hours. Over 7,000 people came. And I shook every single person's hand. And people from every walk of life, religion, race, creed, culture, dress, everything. And it was the most beautiful experience. And almost everyone said, your dad saved my life. And this is a moment I really want people to tune into. First, there was this immense sense of being humbled by, wow, like what an impact this man had. And most of those people hadn't seen him since he was 49 or younger. Mm -hmm. Then there was a wake-up call and there was this realization that I had been playing small, that I was afraid of rejection, that I cared way too much about what other people thought about me. And that because of that, I was robbing the world of who I could be because I was dimming my shine. I have three favorite words and one of them is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm comes from ante theos or entheos. It means the God within. And when you radiate enthusiastically, from my perspective, you're shining that uniqueness that is you, that unique fractal of divinity, that manifestation of the divine that you are. But yet I find most of us, because of our conditioning, we live our life wearing the mask. And the mask says, who do I need to be to be special, to be unique, to be accepted, to be loved, to be normal, to be validated, etc. Insert whatever word resonates with you. But the problem is when you win the game of wearing the mask and people like me, you lose because people don't know you. They know the mask. They know who you're pretending to be. And I had recognized up until that point, there was a way that I was pretending. There was a way that I was holding back. And that moment, because my dad passing at 52-ish and my cousins passing at 20 and 21, and there I was at around 21, 22, and my dad's passing, realized this could be my last day. Tomorrow could be my last day. How do I know I'm going to fully live? I'm going to stop playing small. I'm going to shine my light because why not? And that just led me on such a beautiful journey. My dad passed 10 years ago, um, maybe even 11 at this point, but 10 to 11 years ago. And it's just been such a you know, privilege to partner with people, but also in my own journey to remember who I am, help people remember who they are, and help people just show up in such a way that they fall in love with themselves, they fall in love with life, and they bring their own enthusiasm. They bring their own unique light, their divine light out to shine in the world. You know, there's that old expression, 
Martin Luther King Jr. where he says, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. So if we be that change we want to see, the whole, like Steve Artisan talks about, the rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, <laughs> so it changes everything. Absolutely. Wow. What a story. Hero's story. Hero's journey. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, it gives give, gave me goosebumps listening to you. You know, there's no better time than now. Now yeah. is the best time. So true. But because this is the Ultimate Coach podcast, you know, I, I get to ask you if you ever had a chance to attend any uh, one of the events, uh, the Ultimate Coach events, or get to meet with the Ultimate Coach himself, Steve Hardison. What is your connection? A few things that I can share I think would really inspire people. And and uh, here we go. So two things. So first for the, I didn't get to attend the events in person, but I've tuned into all of them virtually multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, uh, that's been really wonderful. Now I have two short stories that I think um, could be really wonderful here. One is the first time I got to meet Steve Hardison. And one is the first time I got to meet Gary Mahler. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Gary was on the show and I consider him a, a mentor. And I remember years ago, I was part of this coaching community and the host of the of the of the group, he brought Gary Mahler on as well as a couple other coaches, and he made a recording, an interview with Gary, and then shared it with our group. And so I'd never heard of Gary up until that point. And so I, I watched the interview and I got blown away. And I thought, this guy's amazing. I'd love to meet him. And I'm I was I went to medical school in Arizona. So I was in Arizona at the time. This is between 2014 and 2019. So probably around 2018 ish, I believe. I reach out to Gary on Facebook and I say, Hey Gary, this is who I am. I saw your your video. I loved it. I'd love to have like a phone call, a Zoom call if you're open to that. And Gary, so beautiful, so humble. He messaged me back with a voice note. It was so beautiful. He tells me, Hey, you know, thanks for reaching out. I'd love to connect with you. I'm out of the country right now, but you know, when I return, I'd love to connect. Now, notice going back to who we're being, I could have just said, Thanks. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. But in the moment, I just felt curious. I felt playful. I didn't know where he lived. And I said, oh, Gary, awesome. Just out of curiosity, where are you? And he goes, oh, I'm uh, I'm in Arizona visiting my coach. Now note, I'm in Arizona. Yes. <laughs> so I say to him, oh, Gary, small world. I'm in Arizona. Where are you? And he goes, oh, I'm in Mesa. I went to school in Tempe. That's like five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, Gary, Wow, I'm actually probably down the street from you. Any chance you're free to meet? And Gary said he, his session with Steve was on a Thursday, and I think it was a Wednesday. And he it said, uh, it might have been Tuesday, but either way, he said, uh, I have a little bit of time Friday afternoon. I, I, I shifted some things on my schedule, and 48 hours-ish after messaging him for the first time, I'm in his hotel room. And we had this two-hour beautiful conversation that changed the whole trajectory of my business because I was already coaching and what he got to share with me just shifted the way that I was showing up and it was so powerful. And it's this power of, if you don't ask, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, earlier this year, I lived in Arizona for five years. I'm back in New York now and I'm considering moving back to Arizona. And I this earlier in, in the year in April of 2023, I spent a month in Arizona, got an Airbnb and I was like, let me just pretend I live here again and see if I want to live here. And it, I remember I arrived on a Friday I went to sleep. I wake up Saturday morning and I get this Facebook message from Steve Hardison and he was just sharing a beautiful piece of content of, I believe, Amy reading his declaration. 
And I had heard it before and I thanked him for sharing it. I listened to it again. And just like with Gary, I thanked him, but I didn't end it there. I just said, hey, you've had a massive impact on my life over the last five years or so that I've known about you. I would, uh, I'm in Arizona for the month. I'm pretty close by. I would love to meet you and your wife and just share my my uh, my gratitude to you. And I you know, I put it out there. Mm-hmm. He got back to me seven minutes later and he said, how about you come over Sunday, uh, Monday night? This is Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so I sat there and I was like, I did not expect that. Wow. Okay. And I spent all of Saturday and Sunday coming up with a gift <laughs> that I could, <laughs> I, I wanted to bring something that like he couldn't get somewhere else. And so I made something <laughs> and it took a while. And when I finally completed it, I remember getting to his home on Monday night and I wanted to be like, you know, right on time. And so I got there early and I'm like in front of the house and I see, you know, the, um, the street signs, like loving you, be blessed. And all these things that mentors of mine that are his clients that I've either worked with or read their books, et cetera, follow them on social media Everything that I've seen, their photos and videos, like there I am and I'm there now. And it was very surreal. And then Steve was so genuine and so beautiful and humble, as was Amy. And I got to just spend some time with them in their living room and connect with them. And just, um, it was such a fabulous experience, like in every way. And I remember I was there for about an hour. And then when I got home, there was like this beautiful moment of, obviously it's everything's a co-creation. You know, if he he could have said no, but the fact that he he said yes because I asked, Gary said yes because I was curious, <laughs> and I and I put it out there, and it just comes from that space of where do you shoot your? I used to be a track athlete. I used to run. Where do you shoot yourself in the face before the race even started? Where do you say no because you th- you assume they're going to say no? Where are you being the no <laughs> in your own life? And so those two experiences, um, they just shifted what I thought was possible. And it came from a space of, you know, if I want something, I'm going to put it out there. People are free to say whatever they want to say. If they want to say no, great. But yeah. I'm at least going to ask. It's like giving the other person the opportunity to say no or yes. Better yet, yes, yes right? Because yes. there's always the possibility to get a yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So many members of the Being Movement community have a document. A declaration. And I am statement. <laughs> I have one. But do you have one, first of all? Yeah, yes. I do. Then would you be open to sharing a couple, one or two lines from it with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because I think I, I'd imagine everyone feels this way. What After I took my document and I worked on it for years and then I committed it to memory, the whole thing, obviously, is near and dear to my heart and, and special. But to pick out a few of them, for sure, the ones that I think could really serve. And so, first one is, when you're with me, you remember who you truly are. I stare into your soul. I see the miracle that you are. And I help you see what I see. And so, that one for me is how I strive to show up with every single person that I'm with, but especially with my clients and the work that I do with them. The second one is a way of showing up for me. Being triggered gives me the opportunity to love myself, love others, and love the world deeper than ever before. My triggers are my greatest spiritual teachers. And so that's coming from this space that life, the external reality serves as a mirror. And so if something's bothering me, triggering me out there, there's something within that's not healed. 
there's some work for me to do inside. And so I can either choose to be bothered, upset with, frustrated by my triggers, or I can see them as my teachers. And then the third one is that I know that nothing is more powerful for my life and success than being completely in alignment with my highest excitement and my fullest expression of who I truly am. When I am radiating enthusiastically and I boldly step forward in faith, everything will fall into place for my highest good. Oh, wow. This is really profound. Thank you so much for sharing. Wonderful. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful. I learned that exercise from Steve. And when I got to create my own and go through that forgiveness process and do all these wonderful things to it, and you know, JP Morgan as well, I know he's been on the show as well. I've taken some of his courses and spoken to him a few times. And I've learned a lot from him as well. And when I've gotten to create my own document, I just shared three of the declarations. I think it's probably 70. <laughs> it's like a seven minute thing, but it yeah. is, uh, I, when I finish that, it's like I'm supercharged and I know exactly who I am and what I'm here to do. And it's a beautiful feeling. It's so interesting. My document is o- over seven minutes too. It's yep. quite long. <laughs> but Yes, yes. So I have one question that I ask everyone on this show and it's this which one of the questions in the before you begin section of the book or on the back of the book you see is the one you need to focus on at this moment in time in your life yeah you know when i was reviewing the front and the back i think all the questions obviously are so powerful and they can all be relevant i think the one that stood out to me now is who would I need to be to have miracles occur in my daily life? And that way of being for me is I must be the miracle. I must stop waiting for it to be somebody else. Be that change I want to see in the world. Live my document. Live from love. And I think that like be the living answer to that question, how may I serve? Mm-hmm. And if I come from that space, I often, one of my declarations, the last part of it is I am walking opportunity. And it goes to what you're saying is because what I and what I'm saying, because what I mean by that is what is like an opportunity? It's when you come face to face, it's you and you meet external circumstance. Mm-hmm. And when you and external circumstance connect, that creates the possibility of opportunity. But if I am walking opportunity, if I am the miracle, if I want from being the change I want to see. I can create the opportunity, just like with the Gary and Steve story that I shared. I can create it by what I ask, by how I show up, by how I serve, by what I deliver. And I think each of us can do that. And if we choose to be that miracle, I think very often, there's a Marianne Williamson quote where she said, God heard our prayers. God sent help. He sent you. And it's coming from that space of very often, we look outside and we see something that we don't like. And we say, somebody should really do something about this. But the question is, if you're the one recognizing it, why don't you be that somebody? Because there's other people who don't notice it. You know, there's something that stands out to you for a reason. Something calls to your spirit for a reason. And so in that space, I think it's like, what would I need to do? What would I need to be to have miracles occur? I would need to be the miracle for myself and for everyone around me. Yes. So powerful. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, when you told your story about Gary and Steve, the the thing that you did was taking action, right? You like 
coming up with ideas is one thing, and it's amazing, it's beautiful, but without action, they are nothing. So you went ahead and took action and like just got received the gifts that come from that action. So it's so beautiful. So let's shift gears. I'm going to ask you three rapid fire questions. Okay. And like I expect you to answer with a sentence, a word, uh, something like that. Okay. If you could collaborate with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Fascinating question. First thing that comes to mind is is Christ. But what I mean by that is not necessarily Jesus, but Christ as in the Christ nature, the Christ essence that can be within all of us and to be in the presence of a being that is exemplifying and embodying that, no matter who, where, when that time period may be, that feels like uh, accurate to me. Wow. Okay. The second question, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? First thing that comes to mind, it would be to speak every language. Ooh. The why is so that I can communicate with as many people as possible. You know, love obviously is so much more than words and I can love them even if I can't understand them. But to be able to love with my words as well, to be able to communicate with people, to help as many people as I can in a way that it lands for them. You know, I think that <laughs> I, uh, I'm fortunate with that I speak English and that's probably the most spoken language. But at the same time, there's so many people that don't speak English or at least don't speak it to the degree that they feel they need to be able to receive that support. Wow, that's a that's a great superpower to have, really. It's a good one. And the third and last question. What do you hope to be remembered for? That my presence in a person's life reminded them of how powerful they truly are, and mm -hmm. as well as to live now, to live fully, and to live from love. Beautiful. So as you move forward... What inspiring projects, opportunities, or personal growth aspirations do you see yourself pursuing, like drawing from the invaluable insights you have gained through the Ultimate Coach community and from others and your journey thus far? Yeah. And so you know, I want to make sure that I heard your question properly. So what am I creating? What am I stepping yes. into? What am I yes. Yes. So- Right now for me, you know, the first time you and I had spoken, we talked about the energy work component of what I do. And from a healing uh, perspective, so much of my work is one-on-one -on -one, and I'm excited to step that into group work and to facilitate healings and different transformations for as many people as I can. And so step, that's definitely a big aspect of the next several years mm -hmm. to travel, to help as many people as I can with that healing work. And that's one of the things that inspires me the most right now. Wow. Jamil, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you as our guest today. For our listeners uh, who want to connect with you and delve deeper uh, into your work, where can they find you? Yeah, I appreciate that. And mm -hmm. so they can they can find me in a few different ways. And so I'm on social media. So Facebook is just my name, Jamil Sayaj. Instagram is my name, but there's a DR in front of it. So Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And then my website is jamilsayaj.com. And so there's multiple ways they can connect in any of those places. 
Yeah, with the technology uh, where it, where it is, like it's easy to find Google. Google the names and you find them. Pretty much. Yeah. Your presence in this conversation has been truly enriching, Jamil. Thank you for the positive impact you have made on our community and our listeners. Your authenticity is a true gift and we are deeply grateful for your participation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. It's my honor and privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If there's someone you know who could benefit from this conversation, please share this episode with them. Your recommendation might just be the encouragement someone needs. Also, check out www.beingmovement.com. That's being movement spelled all together. You'll find real valuable resources and links to connect to an engaging and just a wonderfully supportive community. Together, we can inspire and support each other on the path to a greater understanding of being. Until next time, take care and be kind to yourself. <laughs>